twice has dropped the music video for alcohol free do yourself a favor and go check that out today's episode is brought to you by from within records striker just dropped their new ep fiel el juego pre-orders start this sunday june 13th so please make sure to head over to the from within records big cartel to go pre-order yourself a copy of that cd it's super sick if you haven't heard it yet Head over to their Bandcamp, strikerhardcore.bandcamp.com. Have you seen the artwork for Moment of Truth's track on the Wanting Unity Comp Volume 2 Ascension? If you haven't, I'm assuming you're not following From Within Records on social media. So please do yourself a favor. Go boot up your Instagram, your Twitter, and click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. We're still expecting new music from Shackled, Payback. MH Chaos, they're already posting stuff about the record and it's getting me more and more excited. So, shout out to Chicago Hardcore. But please go follow From Within Records on social media, do yourself a favor, and keep yourself in the loop. And, like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, I had to track down Spencer Chamberlain. He goes by Reality Filter on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm just a fan of his photos. I'm sure if you follow me on Instagram, a lot of the promo pics that I've used for my guests have been taken by Spencer. And I've been wanting to have him on for a long time. Like I said, I'm a fan of his work and I'm just so curious about who he is as a person. I tried to do some research and there's not a whole lot out there on him. So I just decided, all right, let's go straight to the source. Let's reach out, get him on the podcast and see what he's all about. And it was a blast. I had such a great pleasure being able to sit down and talk to Spencer about a lot of things. At this point, if you're not familiar with who Spencer is, please hit pause, head over to his Instagram, uh, go look up Reality Filter. Or head over to his website, spencerchamberlain.net, and honestly, take a look at his photos. They're fucking awesome, and I'm just so stoked that we were able to do this podcast. So go check out his work, and then come back here and hear what he's all about, and I seriously hope all of you support him with uh, whatever he does in the future, whether he hops on a upcoming tour or um, is that your local show taking photos? He's such an awesome person. So strap in, and without further ado, welcome Spencer Chamberlain to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Spencer. How's it going? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Just, you know, sitting here in the sweltering heat, but I guess I'm I'm all right other than that. Okay. Well, I definitely appreciate you being down to come on the podcast. For anybody who follows me on Instagram and sees 
uh, me do a promo for the podcast. I've used a lot of your photos uh, uh, from the bands that these people are in that are uh, you know guests on the podcast. And I've always wanted to have you on because I'm a fan of uh, your work. So I decided to reach out and I'm really excited that you were down to do the podcast. Yeah, I'm actually really excited to be on. I've never been on any sort of podcast before, really done anything where it's been uh, like about me. It's always just like, oh, can I use your pictures for this zine or for this flyer or whatever? So it's cool to like actually, you know, do something where I'm discussing, you know, the, the process and involved, being involved with all this stuff and re- instead of just supplying, you know, some images. For sure. And I, uh, you know, kind of tried to dig around and honestly, there's not that much out there uh, like about you personally. So this is, uh, you know, a a pleasure of mine to be able to have you on and, uh, you know, talk to you and get to know you. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I appreciate I really I mean, I I appreciate you having me on here. Okay, well, can you talk about um uh, where you're from? Because I'm I'm so curious. Because all I know is like you know obviously we we talked about time zone, so I know you're um, you know in Eastern Standard Time. But I'm curious, uh, you know, like where are you from? Yeah, so I uh, I live in Western New York. I live in Rochester. Um, for anyone who's unfamiliar with the area, it's basically in between Buffalo and Syracuse, and about three hours from Toronto. Like Toronto is probably the closest major city to us. So like. You know, typically you tell someone you're from New York, they just immediately assume you're from like New York City or somewhere close mm-hmm. to there. But I mean, in reality, that New York City is about six and a half hours away. So I mean, I'm, I'm a lot closer to Toronto <laughs> than I am to, to New York City or just to Canada in general. Yeah, that is weird because that is exactly where my brain goes when somebody tells me they're from New York. I just I'm like, okay, let me assume that they're from the city. Um, and then if they're not, obviously, um, we'll kind of just go from there. Right. Right. Even like the name like Rochester sounds like it would be like on Long Island or somewhere outside of New York City. It just it it I don't know. Any if you're not from New York, I guess it wouldn't really be make any sense, but anybody who lives in New York, not the city, has probably had to explain that hundreds of times to people that they interact with that, that don't come from the area. Okay. And uh, were you um born and raised um out there in Rochester? Yeah, I was. I grew up in uh, a suburb called Spencerport, actually. So I have a first name that shares the name with the town I grew up in, which is it's a fun piece of trivia. But I got teased about it a lot when I was little, just by I mean, you know, kids are. Um, yeah, it's it's a small town, you know, like twenty minutes outside the city, and I've lived in and around the area for most of my life. I lived in Virginia for a couple years, uh, or for about a year, like when I was going when I was going to school, and. After that, I moved back up here, and my girlfriend and I just bought a house in Rochester last July. So we'll be coming up living in living in this spot for a year in about a month. Okay, hell yeah! Congratulations, that's awesome. Yeah, thanks. That was it was uh, it was stressful and totally not planned. So it was probably not the typical home buying experience, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Because uh, last year we were living in an apartment, and I was. I was overseas when the pandemic started and right, I think it was right after I got home, we got evicted because the property owners were selling the home to somebody else. And they told us that we had to be out by, I think they said we had to be out by June and you know, we didn't know what to do. And uh, it just so happened that like a month before that, my, uh, my girlfriend's grandmother had passed away, which was really sad, but she had a house that, you know, was going to, 
probably be sold and uh, just ended up that we had the opportunity to buy it and were able to largely because of COVID basically killing interest rates on homes and making it easier for people to, to buy than it probably would have been at any other time in history, pretty much. Yeah, damn. I, and I'm you know sorry to hear about uh, your girlfriend's grandmother, but it, it's kind of crazy how like it's like sometimes things just kind of work themselves out. So I'm I'm happy that you guys were able to figure it out and um, were able to purchase her grandmother's home and not you know just kind of be left out on the streets because that's uh, you know like a, a definitely a tough spot to be put in and especially during last year with uh, you know the, the world just being in such a weird position. Right, because it was like, I mean, it was really like. I'm sure this experience is probably, you know, not unlike almost everyone else's, but like the switch basically being flipped to where uh, everything is fine one day and then the next day it's this, it's this bizarro world that no one in a million years could have ever predicted they'd be living in. And that's exactly what it was. And especially, it was especially strange for me coming home from um, like being on tour where the like the attitude about it. I mean, it was pretty similar to how it was here, where people weren't really taking it that seriously, and there was a lot of there wasn't a lot of information on it exactly. So basically, the tra like the travel ban got announced, and I flew home the following day. And you know, my girlfriend and I got home. She like she picked me up from the airport. We go to the like Trader Joe's and a couple other grocery stores, and like toilet paper, pasta, um, all of the like staple items are just they're gone. And meanwhile, in my head, I'm still in this like mindset where like this just makes no sense to me and i just i i was i was blown away by it but obviously like you know give it fast forward a couple of weeks and all that stuff just kind of seemed like normal at the time yeah and it is strange because um obviously back when uh the excuse me when the pandemic was um starting to you know become like a, a big thing here in the states um you know you, you and i didn't really have a personal relationship but um you know I, i'm friends with some of the guys and uh, one step closer so um to, to think that you were um you know overseas with them you were on the the tour with the um turnstile gag and i, I can't remember who else was on i'm um, uh, glitterer was oh, the other yeah, yeah. shadow glitter um, love ned uh, but mm -hmm. um, was there ever like a, a, a like a chance that you almost like you know got stranded out there because um it, it, it all happened really fast right and obviously you guys um have had this uh, whole like you know tour schedule planned out uh, ahead of time and you didn't know that you'd have to like abruptly fly back home well at, i mean at the time it kind of seemed like that was a possibility just because the the nature of getting back basically basically dictated that we that you know that everyone who was there was essentially trying to come back at the same time like i remember uh ryan from once up closer being on the phone with I think the tour manager or someone who was trying to book them a flight home but every flight essentially was being snagged by someone else as soon as you'd get in your checking out so it was like it was like trying to like get like a limited sneaker release or like buy a ps5 or something like that just trying to you know get airfare home and uh, what I ended up having to do was, since my, my girlfriend was back in the U.S., she got me a flight into Toronto, actually. And she, while she was in, in L.A. at the time, so she flew home to, to Rochester from L.A. and then drove three hours to pick me up from Toronto um, the following day. Because at that point, you know, they announced a travel ban. We didn't know that the travel ban just applied to non-U.S. citizens in Europe. We you know that it wasn't until like a day or so later that we realized that but at the time everyone was panicking and kind of unsure if uh if we'd be able to get back home 
because of that. And I know those guys ended up staying an extra day. I think they played one more show after I left. They it was uh, I want to say it was maybe in London because that's where they flew out of. Mm -hmm. But I got home just before the crazy airport like surge. Like I remember, I can one of the guys in the band sent me a picture of New York's of uh of JFK when they got in, and it just looked like I mean it it looked it, it looked like a like just like a war zone. There was just so many people in there, and like I. I was happy that they got home and I was happy to be home, but I was very, also very grateful that I didn't have to endure an experience like that just to, you know, get back into the country. Yeah. I, I, I can't even imagine what it would be like to, you know, be on like the other side of the world and be like, holy shit, I have to get home. I, I might be stranded in another country if I don't, you know, uh, secure a flight home. And right. Yeah. That, that's so stressful. And it's, yeah, obviously, um, being able to look back at, um, the past year and part of this year, uh, it, it's, it's crazy how all that went down. Um, but like, like I've said on plenty of podcasts, I'm just happy that, uh, we, we kind of have this light at the end of the tunnel. Um, like out here in California, uh, there's like this date, June 15th, where they're going to like right. lift, uh, a lot of the restrictions and, uh, people are talking about going back to normal, you know, businesses uh, being at full capacity, but it's obviously not going back to normal because we went through like this crazy experience. Nothing's ever going to be the same, but we're all right. just, uh, happy that there's, uh, so many, um, you know, available options to get vaccinated. So many people have already gotten vaccinated and the numbers are super low out here. So it's not. Uh, as uh, dangerous as it um, was before or, uh, you know, with the numbers being so high and, uh, you know, cases spiking all over the place. It's just like, you know, it's things are just like way better now versus like a year ago. Right. I mean, I th think back to even the fall when uh, almost every day, like the, the numbers were worse and it was seeming like there was like there was a time where I was like, you know, obviously you expect it to come to an end. But I was like, man, it doesn't seem like there's ever going to be a time where this won't be the prevailing news story every single day. And it is nice to not have to, to think about that every single day, but at the same time, it also feels kind of strange to think about things going back to some, to some version of what people would consider normal, you know, before March of last year. hundred percent. Like there was a point where I was like, all right, I'm gearing up. We're going like 28 days later style. Like shit's not going to oh, get better. Sure. Uh, Cause obviously because uh, I, I always trip out because uh, I, I when I look think back to the very beginning of like my earliest memories of the you know COVID-19 uh, coronavirus, it was just these memes. And it wasn't until this one guy out here got it like, you know, in Costa Mesa. And it was like the craziest thing because everybody's like, holy shit, this is like no joke. It's actually out here like like it's going to get crazy. Yeah. I mean, even like when we were doing the, the Euro tour dates. It was when it was mostly in Italy or when, when Italy was really being like hammered by it. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was, I think there was like a cruise ship off the coast uh, of the Pacific coast in the United States that had a big COVID outbreak. And they were just calling it like a floating Petri dish. And at the same time, you've got like Trump saying there's one case in the United States or 15 cases and soon it's going to be zero. And at the, like, meanwhile, like what's really going on is like, it's basically just like a bomb waiting to detonate as soon as you know it just reaches these different different pockets of the country and like even like in, in rochester like we're we're six hours from new york city but we're mm -hmm. um there's a lot of there's a lot of air travel like like business travel specifically that goes from here to new york city so every day you've got people coming in and out of new york city and obviously like you know having lived through the past year that new york city was one of the worst places for a long time and 
I think what actually ended up like how it got here. I think the first person that got it in my county was somebody that had traveled in from New York City or they were returning from New York City. And then from there, it obviously just, you know, ballooned out of control. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I'm curious, did you ever uh, get it or did you get vaccinated? I got vaccinated. um, I've as well, I got the 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 Pfizer um, vaccine. So my second shot was about a month ago at this point. Okay. I know um, I've I've known a couple people here that have had it. No one that's passed away, thankfully. Um, But two people on the tour got it. And I, I mean, at that point, I, I, uh, when I, when I heard that it was a couple weeks after and I, I hadn't felt sick or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I was, you know, that I kind of panicked a little, not panicked, but like I was, I was concerned, um, just because I didn't know a lot about it at that point, And I wasn't sure if, how, if I would, ha- if I'd be symptomatic at that point or how long it takes for them to develop. I remember calling my doctor's office and, and asking like, you know, should I be getting tested for this? Should I, should I be doing anything to you know mitigate the risk here? Mm-hmm. And at that point you couldn't, you couldn't just get tested. So they're like, Oh no, don't, don't come in. And I was like, all right, well, it must not be that bad. But then literally every day for the next three weeks, they were calling me to make sure I didn't have any symptoms. So I think, excuse me, thankfully I didn't, yeah. I didn't get sick and haven't really known too many people here that have gotten sick. I think most of the people that I, that I know have been uh, pretty good about just not, I guess not doing things mm-hmm. really is probably the best, best way that you could have avoided it. But not that, not that that's a guarantee because you, know, you still leave the house once in a while. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, but I, I know there's been people who are affected by it a lot more than I was. So I, I recognize that I, you know, kind of fortunate in that regard. Yeah, th- there was a uh, period where I would carry a, a pack of gum with me. Just uh, you know, I, I would uh, you know chew like a stick of gum and be like, "All right, this is like one way to check to see if I have COVID or not." It's like a stupid little test because uh, mm-hmm. obviously hearing about people losing their sense of uh, you know smell or taste. So uh, it, it was just a, like you know, just a thing to kind of um, keep me at peace. I was like, "All right, if I can taste the stick of gum, I uh, should be okay because I don't have any other symptoms." Uh, right. but, but then after a while, I was like, all right, this is stupid. And I was like, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, I, I, uh, talked about it before on the podcast. I, I got it. Like I actually got it early this year, which I, I feel like, you know, I went all of 2020. I was completely fine. And then just somehow uh, I'm assuming it's through, uh, work because, uh, I, I still, uh, you know, work. Uh, mm-hmm. and I, I got it and I, I, you know, was lucky enough that, um, I didn't get like a bad case of it. Uh, I was only like sick for like a week and a half and it wasn't anything crazy. Like I didn't have any like, you know, you know, long-term like, you know, symptoms afterwards. I was like, you know, just felt like I had like a mix of like a fever and like food poisoning. So I was, uh, you know, I, I felt like I didn't see the worst of it, which I was thankful for. Uh, but normally I have like a pretty good, uh, I mean, to some like, honestly, that was like the first time I was like legitimately sick in like eight years. So it, it was like a, a weird thing. Yeah. I, uh, one of my one of my friends still has lingering uh, side effects of uh, lack of taste after mm-hmm. having COVID over the summer, which I mean that's that's such a like an important scent and like that's somebody who like they cook a lot too so like mm-hmm. the, losing the ability to taste your food that you're preparing just just sucks. I would like. And, uh, I feel like I'd, I'd want to try to like um, you know like expand my palate and try things that I probably didn't really enjoy or things that I was scared to try when I could you know fully taste just to see mm-hmm. what it would be like. Yeah, I mean, other, I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a picky eater too, so I feel like if I if it were me, 
I'd be more likely to try things that I pre- I probably would have thought were gross before. Mm-hmm. But but I don't I don't I don't really know that that would still be enough to get me to eat things that I wouldn't otherwise like or th- wouldn't otherwise think that I would like. Yeah. See, I I wonder if I could eat like a raw onion, like an apple or something, just to be you know silly about it. <laughs> but just pull, pull, take, pull like out like a oh god, just like just like like like. A, like an olive for me would be something that's that I, I that I couldn't eat otherwise. Oh really? If, if, if I, yeah, that's I don't know. I think it's just a disgusting, like absolutely disgusting food. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because it's like so like salty or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's something that I just no I can't do it. That's interesting. I, for me, uh, I I love olives, but like. I, I'm not a big seafood guy, so when it comes to like uh, like scallops or something like that, I, I get kind of weird. I'm like, all right, I, I think I'm gonna you know look at the other part of the menu and try to get something else. Yeah, that kind of food, like seafood, always seems some, like something that was just intimidating to look at because it's it's so like not not foreign because like I don't have an issue with trying like exotic foods or things from places that I would normally see, but like just something about it seems so like otherworldly that I just don't want to. I never wanted to eat it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, one thing I was really curious about um, about you is uh, which came first, um, your interest in photography or your interest in uh, like alternative music? Um, well, passively, probably photography, um, just because when I was really little, like my grandpa, my grandfather used to work at Kodak oh, and yeah. uh, he was he, he worked there as an engineer, so he didn't really work on like as like in, in photography or anything like that. But he was always like a really passionate like hobbyist photographer and i remember being really young and him just like giving me a camera like i think it was a family reunion and being like here you know just go around and take pictures of this and uh from there i kind of i don't know if that specifically was what got me interested in it but that's one of my first memories i have of actually using a camera and then like i used to i used to be much more focused on like drawing and painting and that aspect of like art but photography is always it's a lot it's a lot easier to just do in a sense and like have something completed and be able to look at um and then getting interested in things like like hardcore music and just like the like the visual aspect of it as much as like the 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 sound of it really lends itself well to images so i kind of just got like obsessed with it i guess from there and became i don't know something that i uh i really just love doing okay and it I- feels it feels strange to have not really done anything like that in the last year so i'm not quite sure how i'll how i'll feel or like how rusty i'll feel when i actually when i eventually start shooting music again and i obviously follow you on instagram but uh, do you ever go out and shoot anything else other than like live music yeah i mean i do um like some like portraiture and like modeling photography stuff like that um and then i'll i mean you know like i have a uh, young niece and nephew i take a lot of pictures of them just like playing and stuff so just just like stuff that's fun nothing that i'm like too focused on and then um i do some commercial stuff and a lot of like assisting okay so that keeps that at least keeps me uh mentally engaged and learning even if i'm not shooting or you know doing something that i would uh norm- normally be doing like with music for sure, I, I feel like that's good to uh, kind of keep that, uh, you know, aspect of, uh, you know, your skills um, in check to to be able to to you know do other stuff and you know still learn and be able to add to what you love doing. 
Right. Yeah. Cause it is, I mean, it is one of those things where like, I feel like once you have an understanding of it, you don't necessarily like lose it or forget how to do things, but it's like anything else where if you don't do it, even if you enjoy it, you sort of fall out of the rhythm of what, of what allows you to do that successfully and efficiently, especially when it comes to like, I noticed that when I, when I shoot model stuff or like when I shoot really anything other than music uh, over the last year that it's taken me so much longer to to work through a batch of images and just to get, like to be productive than it would otherwise because I'm not like like I'm not used to even like commands in Lightroom and Photoshop and just like doing doing the things that would normally be second nature to me because I'm so just out of practice with it. Whereas because like with when I shoot um, music, I I have like presets in Lightroom that I'll tweak based on each image because obviously like no two exposures are usually exactly the same, especially from different shows. But generally, like everything kind of just comes together much quicker because I'm not sitting there and having to like correct and like composite things and retouch in a way that I would have to if I was doing some other type of photography. So when I do have to do those other types of photography, I'm just like, uh, it becomes it becomes exhausting. And before I know it, I've sunk like several hours into something that would probably have taken me half the time under normal circumstances. Yeah, that, that, that's interesting because you're uh, you know doing the same thing, but obviously on different projects. But the, uh, just the, the the fact that um, you know obviously shooting the, the the music when you're editing that stuff, it, it, it could seem like you know it's super you know chill and not like a chore. Versus like you know when you're doing the other stuff, it, you know you, like you just said, it, you just sit there and you, you realize like holy shit, I just spent so much time just doing something that normally wouldn't take me this long. Yeah, yeah. I mean like. Editing photos for music takes a while too, especially when you're trying to to go through several hundred images. Because, mm-hmm. um, like I know, like on Instagram, you can, obviously you can only post ten photos, but I'll I try to post like every photo that I take that I think looks decent enough for me to want to look at. I'll usually post in a full like full galleries on my website just for you know the the digital archiving aspect of it. So that that aspect of it allows me to really spend a lot of time on it um depending on the show like especially if it's like a fest or something like that it just that's that's when it really becomes draining is when you're having to go through like 600 pictures or not even maybe necessarily that many but just like the time required for it really surpasses anything that i feel like most people would have any interest in doing okay when you shoot a show or a fest um in your mind do you have like a certain turnaround time that you want to be able to post those pictures or do you just kind of um, get to them when you can and then upload them when they're ready i i mean i obviously the the sooner you can have stuff like that that done the better because you know people don't care about seeing photos from a show that was three weeks ago or a month ago as much as they would if it was like two or three days ago or the following day so i'll typically try to if there's say like if there's five or six bands on a sh- on a fest or if like two or three bands on a show that I know are going to have people more interested in seeing the photos from, I'll try to at least get like ten to fifteen of those done either that night after the show or the next day depending on my schedule, mm. just just so that I have them like ready to go, so that I'm not you know setting myself behind. But other than that, in terms of getting everything done, I try to have it up like, on my site within the next few days. Okay. And for someone like you, when you go to a fest, obviously there's a lot of bands. Do you uh, try to shoot every band or do you just kind of have to um, pick and choose because um, it's just a lot of work because there are so many sets going on? Uh, typically, I'll try to shoot everything if I if if I can, like if there's like so like it's Sound and Fury, like they have multiple stages. So you obviously can't be everywhere at once. Mm-hmm. But 
I will do my best to at least get most of every band if I can. Although, unless, like, I didn't shoot every band at FYA last year just because I was exhausted. Um, but t- typically, if especially if it's like a single stage venue, I'll just sit there the whole time and just kind of try to tough it out. Yeah, for sure. It, 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 I mean, it, it is it, it, it is an exhausting experience. And it's like, mm-hmm. I was actually like, since I mentioned Sound of Fear, I just kind of started thinking about like, the idea of doing that again and it just it seems almost insane to to think about just standing in a hot room all day taking pictures and uh, how many santa fears have you been to uh i've only been to one sound and fury uh in 2019 the last one before covid mm-hmm. um great year but, yeah oh yeah it was an awesome year that was that was one of my favorite fests i've ever been to but you know i i usually stuff on the east coast i'll go to Okay. Yeah. It just so it just so happened that that tour, like, uh, I was with One Step Closer and Anxious, who played the fest, and they, since they had me on their tour with them, I was like, it was a, a cool opportunity to make, to be out there for it. So obviously, I wasn't gonna want to miss that. Oh, you were on that full U.S. tour. Yeah. Damn, that was that's awesome because uh, that seeing them at Santa Fe was like my first time, um, you know, being able to see them, uh, mm-hmm. which was like uh, such a treat for me because I I love both those bands. But when you look at uh, that that tour, just you know, from like the first day to the last, just like so, like just such a crazy uh, thing for like you know two young bands to do because um, it, it's not common for bands to do full U.S. tours um, these days. And I'm thinking like even before COVID, so. Right. The, the fact that you were able to um, you know, be on that with him and experience that, I, I think that's special. That's awesome. Yeah, it was uh, it was cool too because like they they booked the entire things themselves. Like it, they didn't have a booking agent or like a tour manager or anything like that. It was literally just Ryan and Grady basically booking all of these shows with the Have Heart uh, Worcester show and this is hardcore being basically the bookends for it with. Mm-hmm. With LA being the other benchmark for Sound of Fury, and I don't know, it was it was cool. I mean, it was there were with any tour like that, there was definitely some like some like stinker shows on it. Mm-hmm. But I think especially for them, it was a really important thing to do because it got. I mean, it gave them some huge opportunities, and it. I mean, it's like a, it's a unique experience to you know be, be spending all that time out traveling and like seeing all these new places and you know. Mm-hmm getting to play your music and just i mean it's just even music aside it's like just a cool thing to do just to you know spend three or four weeks out exploring the country and and seeing places that you probably otherwise wouldn't have been able to see although the drive i mean a lot of those drives they went from um boston to chicago to la in the the course of like i think four or five days and that that's that's a lot of driving yeah that's brutal, but but still, and you you mentioned the you know the uh, have heart show, and this is hardcore being the bookends. It's just like, dude, for uh, you know two young bands to to just to have that opportunity and to be able to pull it off. Because uh, you look at them now, obviously, um, yeah. Uh, just I, I feel like uh, they've gotten uh, so much more exposure. Uh, you know, they've um, you know continued to put out you know solid music and continue to uh, play. Uh, awesome shows and just uh, gain more of a following it's just uh, so cool to to look back to see that you know that like you know that full u.s tour you know first time for them coming out to the west coast and then them just getting all these amazing opportunities afterwards it's, it's just so so cool to see and i'm stoked for both those bands yeah it's uh it, 
as somebody who's been there to like i mean i was like the bands existed before then but who's who's been there to witness a lot of the the cool things happen it's been i don't know it's been it's been it's been really fun to just be like you know like a, a passenger to that almost mm-hmm yeah, no, I I think it's cool for you to be able to have been on that tour and to document it and to experience that because, uh, you know, obviously um, you can't, we can't really live those uh, moments again uh, until they build time machines. But uh, it's right. just like, yeah, this is very special. So and, and sometimes it's hard to kind of realize that in the moment. Right. Because uh, you, sometimes you just don't realize that these special moments are like happening, like, you know, until you look back. But, yeah, I, I just think it's cool that you're um, able to be there and participate and experience it all because that's just super cool yeah and it's almost like it was kind of wholesome like in a way watching it because like as a as like somebody who enjoys their music watching them play i was like i kind of knew that they were going to have like crazy reactions at sound and fury like especially um like playing on that like smaller stage upstairs Mm -hmm. and just like seeing them after and be like oh was that good like like, like, yeah, I mean, were you guys not that you guys just played? Like, did you not see? So it's just, it's just funny to see like a band um, be like appreciative and like surprised at the reaction they get when it's so positive. Not that, I mean, I'm sure that pretty much every band probably feels that way. Like it's, I, like, I doubt that it gets boring watching people just lose their minds to your music. Mm-hmm. But, but to, to me to see people just so like surprised, I, I thought was really funny and wholesome. Yeah, well, it's not it's not that often that a, a band can show up to the West Coast for the first time, and especially on a big fest like Santa Fury, where the lineup is stacked. Right, there's amazing bands from all over the world playing that, but for them to you know show up for the first time, play the small stage, the intimate stage, and get that kind of reaction from you know everybody in the room it, it definitely was something special so uh you know for, for them to it, it was probably weird for them too like holy shit like we're out here for the first time like uh is this how it normally is or like what's going on right but yeah it's it, yeah. it, it normally doesn't always go like that so uh for somebody uh you know who's been to plenty of Sammy furies and who's seen a lot of you know first timers uh their set was special yeah i uh ever after they played they played their set i think they they covered i think burning fight by inside out mm-hmm and one of them said that apparently during the uh, the half heart set, Zach the Rocha was supposed to come out, and there was going to be like they were going to they were going to cover an inside out song. I don't know if it was going to be that or what, but that he he saw their set and it was like, oh no, they they did this, and uh, I think we're just going to leave it at that. I don't know. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but I just thought it was like at the time I was thinking like that was like a a cool little like torch handing off moment almost in a sense mm-hmm. you know i have heard from multiple people that uh he did uh see that cover but i didn't know that um they were supposed to you know actually play a song that's that, that's pretty interesting to hear yeah i think i think it, he was just gonna do it during it was it was gonna be during half heart set but i don't that would have been crazy I mean, yeah, it, it could it could be total nonsense i don't know <laughs> Yeah, now I'm just like, what if? Like, what? <laughs> what if they didn't play the cover and then we got to see something? Like that? I don't know. Who knows? Would have been fun either way. But um, yeah, it, it's it's cool that yeah. The, I, I just love uh, to see them get uh, you know that kind of recognition and just to see you know people um, you know support that band because I'm I always try to give people their flowers in real time. I I never want to wait till 
like a, a band breaks up or until somebody passes away to to let the world know how I, I felt about them. Right. So for, for right. me, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Too, I like that. Yeah. I, I and I get, you know, I, I'm not I'm too prideful or I'm not too cool to, to you know, say out loud that I'm a fan of somebody. Uh, you know, uh, cause I know how hard people like, especially like you people like, you know, who play in bands, um, who work hard to, to just, you know, put their art out there, keep the scene alive. I, I think that shit's so cool. So uh, for me, it's, it's uh, a pleasure to be able to, you know, tell people that I'm a fan and just try to support them any way that I can. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it goes a long way with people too, because it's easy to be very critical of yourself, whether you're making music or creating art or like writing or doing anything that puts you in a position of creating some sort of product that comes from yourself and giving it to the world because you know it's it's very very easy to doubt yourself or to compare yourself to other people or to create create these benchmarks that you feel like you're not making mm-hmm. so having people tell you that what you've done resonates with them i it goes it goes a long way towards you know sustaining just sustaining that will to continue doing what it is that you're doing yeah, hundred percent, and yeah, and people, yeah, just the simplest things could uh, you know change somebody's whole tune. So, uh, like, like I said, I'm never, uh, I'm, I'm not afraid to say things publicly, and like all, I, I always try to do that because uh, for people who want to work hard and do cool shit, I, I think that's the least that they deserve, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And I think a lot, a lot of people are very um, willing, like almost e- very eager to praise like new music and stuff when it comes out. And sometimes it comes off as disingenuous, I think, when like when every new record is the best record or every new band is the best band. But I think that might just be like a cynical position to have, because in reality, like you're saying, like hearing, uh, you know, people be positive in their reaction toward your work is it goes a long way. Like it it's it's what's going to make people keep doing what they're doing and not just cause them to shut down. 100 percent. And yeah, I, sometimes I, I'm not sure if like, you know, obviously th- th- there's new music dropping all the time and obviously you always see people talking about, oh, this is uh, you know EP of the year, or LP of the right. year, um, which is fine. Like I'm, if, if people think that about certain records, but I'm just curious, like, is it because it, it's nice to have something new to listen to, like something a, a little more refreshing than what's, you know, been on play or on repeat for the past couple of weeks or months or whatever. But I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm just like such a fan of just you know people putting out new material and i'm always just down to listen and just kind of take from it and, and not everything is good but the, the majority of stuff is uh in, in my opinion like the things that that i i check out and um things that i like to push uh, i i really do enjoy like i i like have like a, a spotify playlist and it's like like every track that i put on there is things that i genuinely like uh but I don't know. It's, it's just pretty interesting, but I'm happy that people are, are constantly working hard and putting out new bands. Cause I, I have so many friends that are in like a ton of different bands and I'm just like, this is insane that like you have this crazy work ethic that it just seems like you're always in a band doing something new, but it, it, it's fun for me too, just to be like, all right, cool. Like, let me see what you guys are cooking up with this new band, see what kind of sounds you're putting out there. Cause uh, it, it's always interesting when I think I'm like, all right, I don't know if there's ever going to be another band that's going to top so-and-so, but it's just, it somehow it manages to happen. People are so creative out there and just are still able to write cool shit. Right. And I love, I, I love that aspect of like, consuming music because knowing people who are in a band or like not even necessarily knowing them personally but like knowing who is in a certain band and then seeing them create something that's like a huge departure from that does it like 
it makes my brain spin because like it's got to be so difficult to especially if you're in multiple projects at once like several people are to write something for like i know like a like a punk band and then do like some like alt rock sounding band and then just do some like weirdo like experimental stuff that it's just i don't write music so maybe it makes it seem more difficult to me than it really is but it just seems it's fascinating to me to see the way that people's brains can function in a way where they can create such radically different types of music in the span of like months or a couple of days because like a riff came to them or like a certain sound like spoke to them or something like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in the same boat. I'm not talented at all when it comes to playing any instrument <laughs> or writing music. So when I, uh, you know, t- uh, talk to these people, uh, the, the friends that I have that are, are way more talented than me when it comes to music, it it, it is mind blowing. It seems like magic sometimes like I have a buddy, um, shout out x xavier he plays in a band called simulacra but during the pandemic he decided to learn how to rap so he put out oh yeah listen his ep is awesome dude yeah his his rap his music is incredible dude insane so i'm just like how like like you're already like crazy talented at uh you know the guitar you play in this awesome band uh simulacra but then you just taught yourself how to produce and make your own beats and on top of that learn how to rap it 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 just totally blows my mind yeah, I mean that shows you. I think I think some people just have the like the like the music creativity gene and they just they can just like a it's just like a spark for them that other people don't have. And I can I can accept that, you know, cuz everybody's got their own talents, but mm-hmm. that is something that especially I like I love listening to people who are who have that type of ability talk about it because it makes no sense to me, but it's still very interesting at the same time. And then I like hearing, you know, what they end up coming out with. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's definitely fascinating. Um, but uh, w- one thing that's curious about for you, uh, obviously during the pandemic, uh, you know, slows or excuse me, shows slowed down. Uh, you know, a lot. Um, you weren't really out there shooting shows, but um, were you ever uh, thinking maybe trying to do like any type of like video or any live sets or anything um, else, but still, um, you know, in touch with music? Um, not necess- not really, just because. I don't have um, like any way to really do uh, like a like video like live stream or anything like that. I know that uh, like like Hate Five Six did a couple live streams that were really cool, and his like his setup is just insane that he's got and his like ability to do things. And I I've basically just I don't know I've been waiting for stuff to come back to to get back to to shooting because I like uh, my, my 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 video is just not where it should be right now. Like okay. I can I. I, I have I have shot video stuff in the past, but in terms of like doing it over the course of the pandemic, it didn't it, it never really seemed like something that would be viable for me to do because it would involve a lot of like traveling or like organizing that I couldn't I didn't really feel comfortable doing or like that like it would have been even the right thing to do at the time. Mm-hmm. So I've been I mean essentially I just kind of just been all that that aspect of my work has just been completely on pause. Interesting. Okay. Um was the last stuff you shot, was it that tour when you were overseas with uh, Turnstile and One Step Closer and Glitterer and Gag? Yeah, that was the, yeah, that, the, the last date of that tour that I went to was the last show I've, I've been at. There was like, there was a, there was like a, a, an outdoor like park show or a skate park show in Syracuse a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, just like local bands from around here and that, that looked crazy and it looked like a lot of fun, but I, I ended up just not going because I, I had other plans that day that I was just like, oh, I don't really feel like driving. And I, 
definitely re regret not going now, but I know there's a couple other things coming up this summer that I'll probably end up going to before like the music industry resumes back to normal business in the fall. Yeah. Okay. For sure. It, it is interesting that uh, the music industry had like, you know, fall as, as a target and it just right. seems like, uh, you know, oh, cool. Like everything is working out a hundred percent. And I'm always just a little bit curious, like, oh, did they know something that we didn't? Was this all part of the plan? Are we in like some sort of uh, simulation? That's where my brain right. goes sometimes because I'm just like, like, how did it all work out so perfect? And like, I'm, I'm seeing tours being announced left and right. Like, I, I think I saw like two new tours announced today. The the Acacia Strain um, is doing a full U.S. Uh, Black Dahlia Murder is doing a full U.S. I was like, this is yep. crazy. Yeah. One of my one of my friends bands Undeath from Rochester is on uh, that Black Dahlia Murder tour. So that's really cool. Oh, yeah. And they're playing a, a big venue out here in L.A. Um, I think they're playing the Belasco Theater. Oh yeah, the the Blasco is a beautiful venue. Yeah, amazing venue. So to to think that they're going to get that crazy metal show, I'm like, that's pretty sick. Yeah, I th I think a lot of shows are going to be pretty packed in the fall, at least for like the first month or so, because you're going to see so many people who are just like they're just itching to go out and see live music again. That I think some tours will do better than they would have than they would have previously, just because of the the renewed interest in music. 100% dude I, I went to the, that crazy uh, show in LA uh, a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago at this point uh, where there was like you know it was outside and there was like I, I think a couple thousand or maybe a thousand people yeah. there it, it was that insane looked, that looked like something out of Mad Max it was just so insane yeah so but just the vibe of that uh, was like okay I'm like people are, are dying to just get back to like this kind of setting right just to see bands yeah. live and to go out with their friends and have a good time so I have like no doubt that the like all these tours coming through are, are gonna pop off. Like I, I got tickets to uh, uh, Turnstiles doing like three dates out here with Show Me the Body and Neverending Game, and um, yeah, all three dates like sold out like super fast. Like and I, I was honestly like skeptical because I was like I, I wonder if it will sell out because like you know just a couple weeks ago people were uh, you know throwing shade to people who went to the LA show to that Madball show in New York. So I'm just like yeah. I, don't, I don't know if um, we're at that point, but people were like, all right, like we don't care. They sold it out. And I'm like, all right, I guess people are at the point where they're comfortable enough. Um, or maybe the lineup was just good enough. I have no idea, but uh, I, I managed to get, to get a ticket. Shout out to my buddy, Andy for helping me out with that. But I'm stoked to go to, to see those bands. Cause I've, I've obviously seen those bands before, but it's just cool that they're coming back. Uh, you know, at, at a time where it's like, we haven't seen anything like that in ages. Right. And that, that, that like, that's something I think about too, actually. Because even going back to what you're saying about like how do they know, I think there's there's just there's a lot of like like just projections I guess because even last year I think tours were like they were like wanting to happen but just didn't mm -hmm. and then with like the turnstile stuff being booked I think it's like a lot of it's just like how like you said like you were at the like the the LA gig where you could just tell that people were ready for this to be happening again I think now it's gotten to the point where like obviously like. COVID numbers are down. Vaccination rate is substantially higher than it's been at any other point until now. And the other part of it too, I think, is it being like the summer and those the turnstile shows are all outdoors, aren't they? Uh, I know the one I'm out here. It's outside at an amphitheater. I'm not sure about the other venues. I, I can't think of them off oh, okay. the top of my head if I'm being honest. But I th yeah, but I think that the fact that it's like summer too has people just like more eager to go out and do things that they'd want to do otherwise mm -hmm. and that's, that they haven't been able to do for the last you know 14 months or whatever and 
I I don't know. Like I I I think I think that the show is like the later we get in the summer, the, the better off they'll be. But I definitely felt weird about the like the mad the Madball show in particular in uh, Tompkins Square couple okay. last month or whatever it was. When I saw the flyer for that, I had no idea that it was going to have like that kind of turnout. So because I, I had a bunch of friends that went and I was like, oh, cool. They're just going to go see Madball in a park. But then when I saw like mm-hmm. the the footage from like all different like angles, because I had friends who uh, weren't com- comfortable enough to to be close to the stage. So I had friends who were like far back, some friends on stage, some people in the pit. And I was just like uh, blown away. I was like, this is crazy. I just hope everybody's safe. Yeah. That was like my big, biggest concern. Is that, like, like I, I, I've said before, I was like, um, I, I just hope when they left that park that they all took you know the precautions to stay safe uh and to keep everybody um that they came in contact with um safe as well obviously you know um but uh, other than that i was just like oh it's it's a show it's back like at, at this point the the train just is going to keep rolling right because i i feel like that was kind of like the big marker where like all right shows are going to be happening again um, and then now you look at the the landscape, it, it's just not a negative thing anymore. And there's so many things announced, so many bands are uh, already gearing up to get back on the road or, um, you know, we've already had bands playing shows out here, you know, over there in New York. So it, it's, it's pretty interesting to, to see how this whole thing kind of played out. Yeah, I think like you're saying too, like the expectation versus the reality of when you hear a band playing in a park was vastly different there because you don't you're not expecting, you know, 3000 people par- packed in there. Um. I've, you know, you're thinking more just like something like low key, but that just, I mean, that really just showed you how, how desperately people were just itching to get out of the house and, you know, do something that they, that they wanted to. Yeah. And I was hearing, I I was hearing about people like, you know, actually hopped on a plane to go to that. That's how bad they wanted to experience the show live. And I was like, that's insane. It's cool. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it is, it's, it is cool that there's people who are like that, like into it, that they're traveling like now, but I just, I mean, it just shows like it's all like new music and stuff that's come out. It's great to listen to, but it's not the same as like seeing it played in front of you. 100%. There's like when I think about all the music that got released, it's criminal that some of these bands haven't been able to play or even bands like I I, like one of the first bands that comes to mind is Drain. Drain released their record last year. They should be one of the biggest bands in the world right now, but obviously due to the pandemic, there was limitations and they couldn't, you know, uh, do a whole lot with that record, like tour uh, and get more exposure and gain new fans. Uh, so I'm hoping, like, uh, you know, as things open up and they already have a show booked, you know, in their area, but I'm just hoping that they're able to kind of pick up where they left off and kind of, you know, still ride that momentum because that record is still awesome. Uh, and it was just like such a bummer to see a, a band like that. Uh, you know, kind of have to hit pause or, you know, have to slow down when things were ab- about to make like a big turn for them. Yeah. And especially because like they released that record at a point where now, like, can you, you can't really do like a record release. I mean, not, obviously you can, there's no stopping them, but like, mm-hmm. it just seems weird to do a record release for something like that to celebrate an album that came out so long ago, because like at this point, like, I'm sure that like, I don't, I don't know any of those people personally, but I would assume that over the course of the last year and a half, they've probably written at least a few new songs or they've like they've done something like creatively where they've kind of like not moved past that record but where they've kind of just like they've started on something else Mm -hmm. so where like the the like the energy for like this is our new record isn't quite what it would have been if this say they were able to play a show last april or may or whatever it was that record came out yeah i i I don't then the other the other side of that is you can't really what are you going to just not release the record and you know it's 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 got to come out yeah, these are like, you know, strange times. I'm not sure how they're going to navigate that. And I'm I I, I always uh, 
think back and, and I, I've, uh, you know, I try to bring up uh, Taylor Swift because, uh, you know, during the pandemic, like right before the, 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 the pandemic um, happened, she had a, a, a like a full U.S. tour booked and, um, you know, it was for her album uh, Lover. And then, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, fast forward, we're like in the pandemic. She, she releases like, you know, two more albums of uh, folklore and evermore. And then it's just like, holy shit, she has so much like material that she hasn't even got a chance to to play on. Because normally she would have like a whole like cycle, right? She would release right. an album, do a tour and then disappear and then come back and do the same thing. But it's just like she had so much time. Well, everybody had time. Uh, and she was able to say, all right, cool. Like, I'm just going to keep writing music, but I'm going to put it out this time. And like, I can't tour on it, but we're just going to, you know, keep feeding you. And now I'm just kind of like, this is crazy. Like, how is or how like is, is she going to be able to, you know, go out and do a tour and manage to juggle these three albums? Like, uh, like, is one going to get left in the dust or are we going to have to see like a mix? Because it, when you look at Lover and you, you, you put it side by side with uh, Folklore and Evermore, it's just like they're completely different sounding. Uh, different. Yeah. So it's just like. Like it would be kind of weird to, to to mix it, but I don't know. So when I look at bands who have you know put out records in the pandemic and you know or, or sat on a record and is just now releasing it in 2021, but on top of that they already have something else ready to go in the chamber. I'm just like, dude, this is this is weird. Like you're kind of backed up. Should you just like release it all at once or like I don't know what the answer is, but I'm curious to see how bands like Drain. Or uh, you know, artists like Taylor Swift, or how they're going to navigate through it now that things are opening up, and they're going to have these options to be able to do shows and tours. Yeah, it's basically opening the floodgates essentially at this point, where it's just going to be like a, a mad dash to not not even just the tour, but like you know, we've got we got this coming out, we got um, like we want to play these shows, we want to like get this music out there, and it's it's going to be it's going to be like it's it's going to be great as like a consumer of these things to be able to actually enjoy them mm-hmm. but it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot i think for for people to kind of like get used to i think especially especially with, as it relates to touring and like you were talking about like and Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift also like didn't she re-record uh, an old record of hers too and just release that yes she did uh, fearless the taylor swift version and yes. yeah and see I, I didn't even think to mention that because i that totally slipped my mind but yes she, she did right it just shows it, that kind of just goes to show you that like especially as it comes to like the way that music is released now people's memories are relatively short i think yeah Where, like that record that she just put out you know that comes on the heels of two other records that she also just put out and by the time she's playing shows again like People aren't going to remember all of these. It's going to just be it's it's you know whatever the most recent thing was. Yeah, which is which is strange because obviously as an artist, uh, or well, I'm not an artist, so I'm just I'm uh, projecting and um, you know assuming that you're going to want to give love to all the projects that you've worked on because obviously you put time into it and those songs definitely probably mean more to you than your fans. So you're going to want to show them like some special kind of love. So yeah, I I just don't know how they're going to be able to do it because uh, obviously it, th- those records have been out. You want to um, play shows and uh, play it, play it live. But then also at the same time, you creatively, you're still going to want to create new stuff. So it's just like, yeah, like I feel like it's going to have to be like, maybe just like this, uh, this blitzkrieg of just like, all right, cool. Here's all the shit that I've created. Um, but at the same time, they're going to be working on their new stuff and just kind of um, try to reshuffle and kind of get back on maybe like a, some sort of cycle or I have no idea. Yeah, my girlfriend and I were talking about that the other day because uh, she just got tickets to go see um, 
Billie Eilish when she does, when she tours again next next year. Okay. And this is because um, her and my sister were supposed to go go see her play in April or in March of last year, mm-hmm. and that show obviously got canceled. And that was to be touring on whatever her last record was. I know she has a new record coming out in a month, so like thematically, the tours are very different in terms of like the marketing and just like what the aesthetic was supposed to be. So I'm curious to see how how those kinds of things play out, especially for like for bigger artists like that, because you know like. The difference between like hardcore band putting out a new record and putting out the next records, like their 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 live show doesn't change. Like it's not a it's not a production in the way that seeing someone like Taylor Swift or Billie Eilish is because in that like you're not just paying to go see listen to the music, you're basically paying to go see like a like a feature length film production essentially. Yeah, it, it's it's like a whole new like experience. Right, and I've I've never been to a, like a, a concert like that in my entire life, so it's that is totally foreign to me. Okay. Uh, well, you know what's crazy? So uh, uh, there was like a, a new football stadium that opened up out here in um, L.A. And Taylor yep. Swift, she was supposed to be the first artist to perform there, and uh, her she was touring on Lover, but it, it wasn't just going to be a show. It was going to be like a, a, a festival, like uh, it was like an all day thing. And I, I got tickets to it, but obviously it, it got canceled because of the the pandemic, and it, it, uh, it's definitely not going to get rescheduled because like you know she's done so much since then. So I'm not right. sure that whole thing would make sense because um, that's like three albums ago. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm curious to see uh, you know what she does in the future. But I'm I, I, going to like those bigger shows. It, it's always um, interesting to me because I'm just like, all right, like I, I kind of go in with like a like a different mindset because obviously with like uh, hardcore shows, things are like, way more intense and there's so much more going on. Uh, you know, with like risk of uh, getting injured from you know these you know people swinging their limbs as fast as they can and people jumping off stage and True. just all this like chaotic stuff going on. But versus like you go to like a uh, a, a concert it's just like um either like way more chill or like definitely less violent like i, I don't I, sure. i've been to all sorts of different types of shows and uh nothing has come close to anything as like violent as like a hardcore show so it's just like yeah i, I go in there with like just like a different mindset and honestly sometimes like when i go to like some chill shows i just get like really antsy as i'm just like oh this is weird like i'm just like standing yeah, here you're like, what am i supposed to be doing yeah it's like i, I just want to jump on somebody's face or just something crazy but um it it it's interesting, but it, but also it's it's kind of fun too to kind of see like okay, people think like you know like this weird push pit at a rap show is like the most intense thing, but I but I just kind of laugh. I'm like, all right, these these people don't know what's going on, but I'm just gonna let them have their fun. I'm just gonna stand here and just enjoy this environment because it's uh you know it, it's it's interesting and and fun to to see things differently. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm trying to you got me thinking like when was the, like the last like concert that I went to? I, honestly, I think the last like major thing that i can think of off the top of my head is like i, I went to coachella fest a couple years ago. oh that seems like such a cool unique experience yo I, i'm not gonna lie uh shout out to my buddy uh nate uh nate miller uh he he's um he connected back home because uh, mm-hmm. i'm from the, the palm springs area uh i, I grew up in la quinta my parents still live oh my there God, it's so hot there it's dude so hot there. it's so <laughs> bad but um so my, my buddy nate gets these like pretty special tickets so uh, we went the year uh, uh turnstile played uh, yeah yeah because i i called them up i'm like yo like uh check out turnstile super sick band uh i, I normally don't bug you about going but i, I want to go to see turnstile because they're super awesome and also uh you know turnover was playing and yeah I just, yeah it was turnstile turnover and like i think razor bumps played too a couple y- of like yes and 
uh, yeah, so we, we got these tickets and like, we, we were just able to go um, wh wherever we wanted. So I, I saw, uh, uh, you know, turnstile turnover, and then I got to just see just a bunch of different artists that I uh, you know, probably wouldn't see. But then also I, I got to see like weird sets like uh, there was like a, this, uh, you know, group Gucci gang, but it was like uh, mm -hmm. Gucci Mane, Lil Pump and uh, Smoke Perp. The, the, it was like one long set, but they just each did like their own smaller sets, which I don't know why they were, were advertising themselves as a group. But I was like, OK, that's pretty interesting. I, I got to see Juice World. I like freaked out because like we like cross paths with like uh, Blackpink backstage and it, it was it was insane. But yeah, I mean, that's that's so much different There's so much more different than like going to some like like dingy DIY venue or like a like some like sketchy club to, to see like your favorite bands play. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is interesting because like you, you think some of these bands are on like this like festival circuit and that's like, you know, like a lot of what they do uh, outside of, uh, you know, their own tours is they play like every major festival and i'm like this is insane because like for me it gets really exhausting right because it's just a lot to take in a lot of like you know walking around and just a lot of people so i i, I couldn't imagine doing that like regularly yeah and especially like the atmosphere in a place like coachella is so like it, it just seems like sensory overload almost because there's just it, it seems like very busy there's so much going on outside of just the music itself and i don't know i've i've I don't I, I'm interested in it from like a like a social perspective. OK, but I don't, I don't know how much like you're saying, like, I don't know how how much I'd enjoy like doing that, like long term or like being one of the like the the idea of being one of these bands like on that, like that type of circuit. Yeah, if, if I'm being 100 percent honest, if it wasn't for Nate, I don't think I could go to coachella like regular ever again just because of uh the kind of access that we're able to have right and that and you're and you're getting a different experience than the typical you know patron is like you're not you're not stuck in the crowds in that situation you're like you're just moving freely like like you were playing and like playing the fest in a band exactly yes yeah so it's just like really... and that makes a huge difference like that makes a huge huge difference yeah to to, to be able to use like the, the the special bathrooms versus like the normal bathrooms is just like okay cool like i can feel comfortable using the bathroom at a fest because of where we're at you know the access that we're able to have but like if we had to go out and do like the normal stuff it'd be like oh man this is really really gross and it's just because it's a festival right and it's like you think about the amount of people that are there and the amount of people that use the, like these like you know restrooms it's just it gets just really gross right and it's like like people are there like essentially camping right like they're in, like people bring tents and there's like i wouldn't imagine there's like a infrastructure set up for you know like plumbing yeah so no just porta potties i'm guessing 100 yeah, yeah so it it, it, sounds, it sounds it, beautiful it's insane and then you got to think at, at that point um uh depending on which weekend you go like you could you could either be there where it's like the last weekend of the nice weather or it's like all right this is where it is the start of where it gets really hot and it's just yeah and you know on top of uh you know all the factors of the fest now you got to deal with the heat which it just it just adds a whole other element and you just get exhausted just like way more fast yeah, I'm, not, I'm not a heat person at all dude it, it can get really rough but which um big fest is in new york is I, i'm trying to think off the top of my head is it governor's ball is that the big one out there oh yeah yeah they have the go governor's ball in new york city that's that's a pretty big one okay and then i think they i, I think they have other big like like you know like corporate name here fest like obviously they have stuff like that that happens a lot and okay in new york 
And have you ever traveled to any of those fests? No, I've never I've never really been to like a big non-hardcore show. Interesting. And yeah, I just like the I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would like there's certainly like there's big artists I'd like to go see play just for the experience or like mm-hmm. people that I'm like, oh, that'd be like that'd be really cool to, to photograph. But I've never had that. I've never really pursued that or gone out of my way to go to any of those shows. Interesting. Yeah, because I feel like that that is like one like avenue you, you could take to kind of have uh, your own experiences to go and uh, you know, document uh, like a, a different type of show. Yeah, I would absolutely love to do that. Like, I, like, like, you, like I know we were talking about Taylor Swift. Like, I think she, I think she'd be really cool to photograph. Um, just because like the the produ- the production value of those shows is really like what sets it apart from just you know going to like a regular club show. Yeah, and, and I'm always blown away because I go in thinking like, okay, they're just gonna play the songs just like you know it's on the record. But then no, they always have like some sort of special twist, or they'll have like a live band and like they'll mix it up a. A, a bit and it's just like yeah I, i've never gone to like a big show like that and felt cheated when i i saw like the artist that i went to go see so it, it definitely is something that uh i, I hope uh, in the future that you can go and experience because it, it it definitely is interesting and fun yeah because i a lot of like everyone has seen the like the live award show performances where it's just one person walking around with a mic mm-hmm. and like i don't know that never that never really did it for me because i watched that and like i it just it's it seems like impersonal and it seems very like um like i don't want to say like manufactured but it just se- it doesn't seem like a natural music experience and i don't i don't i wouldn't assume that like their tours are the same way cuz if they were i don't think anybody would go yeah but having like having the like award show fake performance as a point of reference is probably not a good thing for my perception of that type of live music yeah, I, I feel like those are always better viewed like from your TV screen because you get to exactly. see like, you know, the, kind of like the whole performance because um, obviously if they're, uh, you know, doing crazy like visuals on like one side of the stage or they're, you know, walking in from the street or, you know, doing something else, it's just like you miss out on a lot of it. Right. It's like it's yeah, it's definitely like you're saying it's like a, it's a made for TV event with a live audience, essentially. Yeah, which is crazy thing because I'm such a huge fan of mixed martial arts. And I've gone to live events and it's so much better to watch it at home uh, on your TV because you can just see things clearly. You can hear the commentary and you don't have to deal with like the the worst fans around you. So it's just like it's fun as like those events have been like, uh, you know, being there live and like I will go to more live events in the future. But it's just always better um, just watching it from your, uh, you know, your TV at home. Yeah, I mean, sports is the perfect example. Any most sports really are the like fit that perfectly because like all of these experiences have been designed to cater to the like you know at home HD TV experience and not the you know you're sitting 300 feet up in the stands watching people fight in a 20 by 20 ring. Yeah, like that's it's although like it, the being like the atmosphere at a live like at like live sports is is pretty much unique in its own mm-hmm. in its own way just because. Like that doesn't that doesn't translate to TV. Oh, dude, definitely not. I, I'll I'll never forget going to my first hockey game. I I went to go see the the, the local team here, the Anaheim Ducks, and mm-hmm. I just didn't know what to expect because I'd never really been into hockey until I, I moved out here. And when the Ducks scored for the first time that night, 
just like the electricity of everybody jumping up in their seats and screaming. I was just like, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. This is insane. Like I'd never felt yeah. that kind of energy before and I'll never forget it. It, it was a crazy night. And just to, to be able to feel it like that, it, it was like, it was, it was crazy. Like it's, it, it sticks with me to this day. And it's the reason why I still enjoy um, watching hockey and following the, the ducks, even though, uh, we're not the best team uh but uh, it, it's just like yeah it was just a crazy experience and yeah I mean, you're right just um, some things like that um are way better suited uh, to to feel it live because you can't uh, it doesn't translate through the tv screen right and that's what hooks people too like some kid going to their first first game whether it's like soccer basketball football it doesn't matter like that like what you're describing right there is what they're going to remember and that's what's going to make them want to either come back and you know watch another game or watch it on tv or like play the sport themselves or just just like it, it like it ignites that interest in it and i think that's that's one of the cool things about whether it's music or like sports or any anything live is it really it, like it it just kind of like fuses it really creates that connection that you can't create just from you know passively experiencing it yeah 100 percent. and like yeah. out here like the the bills the buffalo bills are obviously like huge around here and they're mm-hmm. like fan, the bills fans are psychopaths so like the the experience of going like it's been a long time since i've been to a bills game but like i remember just going there and it's just like these people are straight up just psychotic like in the parking lots at 10 a.m before the game like and I, i'm you're, you're whether it's 10 degrees out or 90 degrees out and they're just it's the same every single time and they they they're like psychotic the entire the, the entire day you know for being like such a big fan of the nfl i've never been to a a, a game and it, it's such a bummer because i i think about it every season i'm like man i, I should really get out to a, a, a football game and experience it live but it's just like for some reason i, I just have never pulled the trigger because uh i'm like I, i'm kind of weary to go by myself to my first football game and all my mm. friends who like football we all like different teams so it's just like uh we've never really had like the, the teams that we root for play against each other so it's just kind of like all right like i i just imagine i'll get to it at some point but that's something that i, I definitely want to do before i die is go to like a an nfl game i mean yeah the, the, you know the rams got that new stadium i mean that's perfect place to go yeah i'm because to, to be clear, I'm a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so I, I'm just I'm just saying yeah. it's, as, in terms of like a an architectural achievement, it's very nice. Oh, 100 percent. It's so nice. Like seeing it in person, it, it, it's mind blowing. Yeah, I uh, I flew over it a couple of times when it was under construction, just like coming in LAX mm-hmm. and even seeing it in a state of disrepair where it basically looked like a, like the Roman Coliseum. You could just tell like I was like, wow, this is like this looks like it's going to be an absolutely insane just st- like arena or stadium rather you know which stadium i really want to get to is um I- i've driven by it a couple times but i've never been inside is the the uh raiders stadium in vegas the uh, oh Allegiant. yeah dude it-, it looks crazy it looks like this like weird like black spaceship just like right there on on the strip yeah i drove by it um i think on that that 2019 summer tour i don't i don't think it was done i know like obviously the raiders hadn't started playing there yet mm-hmm. but it looked crazy Dude. And there's a couple like the the Falcon Stadium in Atlanta, Mercedes Benz Stadium, I think it's called. Also looks like that, where it's like it like it's so distinct the way that it stands out. Like you just like you like you're like I have to go and see what this is like. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely something that I want to do and and, and check out because obviously see it so much on TV, but it's just like it's so close. So um, I I definitely have to do it soon. Yeah, I I haven't been to a, an NFL. The last time I went to an NFL game was probably like. 10 or 15 years ago like i was like because like when i was in high school like my uh 
my uncle's company had bill season tickets so every once in a while we'd get to go mm-hmm. like i'm not really like a bills fan but it was still like it was still an awesome thing to experience and i think like the, the last even like professional sport event i went to i went to i went to a barcelona fc barcelona play when i was in spain a couple years ago oh, wow. and that was that was that was awesome for me to experience that which i know most people probably don't care about soccer but that's just like that was something i've always wanted to do and sort of be able to do that in a in what is in a pretty incredible stadium was was a lot of fun and I, i'm curious uh, why were you in spain um we my me myself my girlfriend and my roommate at the time we walked the camino de santiago which is this like big pilgrimage that people take where you walk you start in uh the south of france and then you cross over into spain and then you just continue west until you basically make it uh to santiago de compostela which is like a, a western city in spain or you continue to the coast in portugal so yeah we did that and since i'm a big barcelona fan after the after we finished the walk we went to barcelona for like a week and just caught a match while we were there but it was it was cool it was um something that i don't know if i would do it again but i would definitely recommend that if you like walking for eight hours a day and just doing nothing that you should do it, go do it and you have a month to spare why not oh so you like legitimately walked this whole thing yeah oh yeah you yeah you walked the entire thing some people some te- some people will, will ride a bike but Mm-hmm. Some it's it's different if you're biking because like excuse me you're going over the Pyrenees for parts of it so it's not necessarily all traversable by bicycle and you walk between like I don't know like ten to twenty miles a day it's 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 honestly it's pretty punishing like it's not it's not fun I don't know I don't know why we chose to do it but yeah the, uh, <laughs> that was my next question yeah I, actually no the, so there's a movie it's called The Way which is like. Camino, the Camino means the way in Spanish. And uh it's I think it's got Martin Martin Sheen in it. It's basically it's about somebody whose whose son dies walking the Camino. Mm-hmm. So he goes and the movie is him. He he goes and walks the Camino to honor his son. And my roommate was watching the movie and he's like, Oh, we should do this. And just I was like, All right, sure. Oh, it was wow. it was it was that's about as 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 much forethought went into it was was that conversation that is and insane so we, so we decided to just do it and uh yeah it was cool you that you see a lot of really really small towns and then you see some cities um you see a lot of nothing but it's it is definitely um like a unique experience for sure and like how in tune were you guys with the the culture like was it easy for you guys to navigate through all of it uh, or uh, was it hard because you guys were foreigners? Um, well, oddly enough, most of the people that were walking it weren't Spaniards. Like there was a lot of people from Germany, a lot mm-hmm. of people from Holland, people from Australia, just people, people from all over the world. And I would say probably like maybe like 10 or 15 percent of people that walked it were from Spain. But obviously, being that you're in Spain, everyone that you're interacting with in the cities is, you know, a local. And my Spanish is terrible um and i know i don't i don't expect that people who who live in rural spain are probably going to speak english and a lot of them didn't but there's almost there was a lot of people who who were bilingual on the on the walk so it wasn't super difficult okay. and the other aspect of it is too there's uh there's they're basically hostels that are set up along the way for people to stay in that are designed to cater specifically to this pilgrimage so when you get there, there's a lot of international people that are staying and working there, and that that kind of makes it a little bit easier to make your to make your way through. 
And did you guys run into anybody else that was inspired by the movie like you guys? Uh, you know what? I don't actually think so. We did meet like a pretty like interesting group of people, but I think they were like it's I, it's like a Catholic thing. I'm not religious at all, mm-hmm. and that's that's not why we were doing it. But I think a lot of people do it because of the like the spiritual connection, because it's it's the way of Saint James. That's that's what it's that's what it the the walk is. And I think a lot of people were drawn to it by that. So we met a lot of like you know Catholics and people who had some sort of like familial connection to it, whether it was like a relative of theirs that did it or like some calling that they felt to do it. I don't know. It, I don't know. It, the the reasons for people doing it is uh, they're pretty varied, but I was just I was just doing it because I thought it would be fun in some twisted way. Yeah, well, it's uh, definitely interesting to hear uh, that you guys did that. And I, it has me like really curious about it now because I wasn't really familiar with it until you brought it up. So now I'm just going to want to like look into it and maybe end up watching that movie. Yeah, I would. I mean, the movie is definitely worth watching. It's just if for nothing else other than to get a little bit of insight into what this is like, because it's there's a lot. I mean, there's people people walk like the Appalachian Trail and people will walk you know, like other trails in the United States. But I don't think a lot of them are that long. Like it's usually like a week. I think people people do extended hikes. Um, so to do something where you're literally just like walking for a month and like it's you're walking across the entire country, but like. Spain's not that big, you know, it's not like it wouldn't be like walking from San Diego to Oakland or anything like that. It's just it's basically it's honestly like the equivalent of walking across New York State. Okay, and uh, Mike, how much stuff did you bring with you guys? Because obviously you guys are you know walking a long ways. I'm, uh, I can't imagine you wanted to travel, uh, you know, as light as you could. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, we like I think I brought like four or five changes of clothes because um most places had laundry if you wanted to do it like they, they had you know washer and dryer there or at least a washer mm-hmm. and like you're saying like you don't want to carry too much weight it's like you know your bag is going to have a weight to it and then you're going to bring like a sleeping bag which is going to probably be like 10 pounds and then i had like some camera gear in there with me too which is like super heavy by itself um so we're trying to minimize that as much as possible while you're carrying this bag around all day because you know after after a while you start to get like it's like it's like when you're carrying around textbooks in school and like you just start your shoulder starts to kind of na- like nag on you a little bit and you, you get a lot of that so basically like you try to keep it i think they said like 10 percent of your body weight 10 to 15 percent of your body weight is what you'd want to be carrying for extended extended day walks like that so i just kind of trying to kind of keep it in that range just to you know minimize any sort of risk for just being sore all the time which after you kind of realize is unavoidable when you're walking that far that you're gonna you're gonna be sore yeah and did you guys do any like um like physical preparation or do you guys just kind of be all right cool like let's pack up and go we're gonna walk uh you know across this country well i mean i was like before that like i i already ran every single day Mm -hmm. so like walking didn't really seem like all that daunting of a task to me (laughs) but i mean i remember like my my roommate was not in good shape when we started it i remember watching him just like you know keeled over on the side of the road like exhausted like the first the first basically big hill that we did like just pounding water and i just felt so bad for him because i mean that's and like you know there's there's people like that we met walking who are like in their 70s so like you know these people are doing it and they're they were in like peak physical shape mm-hmm. um it was i mean i guess it's just one of those things where you just kind of gotta tough your way through it if you're able, like if you choose to do it you just gotta tell yourself that you know like 
there's no you either turn around and walk the other direction or you just keep going oh dude that reminds me of this time where my friends and i we snuck into this uh this jewish temple and mm. and it, it wasn't something that we had planned it was just kind of like um something we did on a whim so i'm like wearing pants and you know just normal clothes and not anything like you know geared up to uh you know go on a hike so uh, we like, you know, hop a couple of fences and then we're walking like up this like really steep road. And, uh, you know, I, I'm like, I'm like, I feel like in normal shape. I'm not like, you know, super athletic or anything, but uh, I just was like, all right, cool. Like we're going to just walk up this road. It didn't seem like it was like that bad of like a hill until we're like halfway up this hill and like the sun's beating down on us. And like, I end up like taking my shirt off and, you know, being in pants, it just made it like, just like that much more worse. And I'm like looking at everybody else and it just kind of seemed like we were all waiting for somebody to be like, Hey, like we should take a break or something. Cause obviously nobody <laughs> wanted to like seem weak, but I was, right. I was, I was dying dude. But I was just like, I'm just having to like push through. And it was, it was just so weird. Cause it was just like the simplest thing just like walking up this like this steep hill just like you know it didn't seem like it would be that like taxing on my body but uh it, it was just like very surprising it caught me off guard yeah it's like going it's like an infinite staircase and then you get up you get up there and you turn around and you look at how far you've walked and you start to feel kind of good about yourself and you look forward and you see how much far you have to, how much further you have to go and then you're just like yeah i kind of i need i need to sit down for a bit damn that's wild uh <laughs> how long did that uh you know uh you know walk take you guys I think it took like 28 days, something like that, a month, maybe 30 days around there. Oh, wow. That's a long yeah. time. Holy shit. Yeah, it's it. It's it's insane because mm -hmm. like it's it's set up in a way where you almost have an itinerary because you can you can look and be like, OK, this city is or this not even to say this this point of interest is 18 kilometers away. Or if we do another six kilometers, we can be in, a, in an actual city. So a lot a lot of times you'd start the day not knowing exactly where you're going to go. But if you knew there was like a, a major, a major point of interest that you want to go to, you maybe walk a, a little bit further or a, a little less than you had planned on just so, so that way you're somewhere that has a better place to stay or somewhere with like more food, which was something that we considered a lot because my girlfriend and I are both vegan and obviously traveling in a foreign country with a restrictive diet is very difficult. And it's made even more difficult when you don't speak the same language as the people that live in that, live in that country. So there was a lot of uh, bread and jelly eaten. And I mean, there's some places, you know, when you when you stop in a town that has a population of 12 people, they don't really have, you know, vegan food because, you know, basically most of their Spanish food is like meat. Mm -hmm. Damn. So, yeah, that has all these all these memories are just flooding back to me now. Yeah, no, that, I'm just like super interested uh, that you did something like that because to to, to be able to um, you know have that kind of time and do something you know as amazing as that as walking across the country with uh, you know uh, you know friends and your your girlfriend, I, I think that's super cool. Yeah, it was it was something that looking back on, like I definitely appreciate that I got the chance to do it because I'm I mean now maybe taking a month to do something isn't that crazy because of what the last year has been like and i know a lot of people have been working mm -hmm. like under normal circumstances being able to just take a month to just literally go walk pointlessly across the country is not something that most people can do so i was i was i'm really happy that we got a chance to do that because um you know it's 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 just a cool thing to be able to say that you did 
And was it a, a pretty um, smooth journey or did you guys have any like really hard days or nights? I mean, there's like, there's a couple days where the, we were going basically all the way up a mountain in a day and then all the way down it. And that's really uh, painful, like on your feet, you know, like from like the sliding and going all like the, the steep grade of the land. But a lot other than that, a lot of it's, it's just like the duration of the walk more than anything else that gets to you because we also we also did it in like September, October when it, you know, it's it's not peak of summer, but it's still pretty hot and you're still in Spain where it's a little warmer than it is where I'm from anyway. Mm -hmm. So that so there's that you have to contend with as well. And that just the heat, like I was saying before, like I'm not a heat person being, out, being outside in the sun, just like it just takes everything out of me. Yeah. That's and at any point where you're like, why did I agree to do this on a whim? This is crazy. Or were you like just oh, yeah. stoked the whole time? There was there was a specific day I remember. I think we were walking, I think we were leaving Pamplona and I was walking with my girlfriend and like I think we just like both had like a temper tantrum. We were just like, fuck, like this is so stupid. We're not doing it. And like we like threw our packs off and we were just like pissed off. And like, but you have no choice. Like you can't you can't get in your car and drive home or call an uber to come get you like you you're there like you just you just have to be in a bad mood and walk that's it mm -hmm. yeah that's insane <laughs> that's 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 so crazy but yeah definitely uh, a, a really cool thing to hear about because uh man yeah i like for, for me to to be able like I, I don't know if i could take a month off of work at, at this point in my life but uh yeah i you always got to cherish those kinds of trips because obviously to, to be able to um, have those memories and to be able to just think back or even look at pictures and just kind of relive those moments it's it's definitely worth it yeah i feel like it's like one of those things people do when they retire and we just kind of got to skip to the skip to doing that while we're still physically you know fit yeah and as well I'm, I'm assuming still young yeah okay yeah interesting damn that's crazy how do we even get to spain now i'm just i'm trying to backtrack i don't even, I don't, I don't even know actually okay. oh i was i was talking about, yeah i went to like i was because i was you were asking me why i was in spain because i was saying i went to a, a soccer game in barcelona okay damn you're talking about stadiums that's <laughs> yeah that, that that's such a cool story um Going back to your uh, photography, I, I, had, I did have a question. I, I yeah. uh, noticed that on your, you know, like the blog section, uh, there was like some stuff that you would post there, um, uh, you know, that uh, or there are some things that you'd post on your Instagram that you wouldn't post on your blog section. Is, is there like um, uh, like a, a difference in what you decide to post or is it just uh, just so happens that, uh, you know, you like to have things strictly on the Instagram versus the website? I I mean, I guess that would be an oversight by me then, because typically my goal is to have every band from every show that I've ever shot, or not that I've ever shot, but like since I've started like, you know, archiving at least mm -hmm. on my site, just just for archiving purposes, so I can I can go back or like I don't know if somebody who who played in a band cares to look or just somebody who wants to look at it can. Um, so typically, I want everything to be on my website, and then I will post either pictures that I think look cool or like bands that I think are going to get more attention on Instagram. And then obviously then I, if people want to see more, they can just go to the site and see the remaining bands on that show or the rest of the pictures from the band and set that they looked at on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I reached out to, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was on your, your website earlier and I was just kind of uh, going through some photos 
and I saw a picture of one of my friends playing the guitar in his band and singing at the same time. And I was like, I don't think I've ever seen that. Is that normal? So I just, uh, you know, shot him a, 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 a text real quick. I'm like, hey, like, I've never seen you do this before. Like, like, why did that happen? And then he was kind of taken back. He was like, where'd you find this photo? This is crazy. So I, I sent him the the link to, to your website, like the, you know, the, the specific page that it was on. And we were both tripping out because he told me that he'd never seen those before. And I was tripping out, dude, like, I'm tripping out that you're playing the guitar because I didn't know you could play the guitar. So it was. Uh, hey, what, what band? I'm curious. What band was it? Uh, Wild Side. So. Oh, I thought I thought that's what you were gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was talking to Brandon because uh, Brandon and I are uh, you know friends. We uh, keep in uh, you know communication. We text all the time. Uh, yeah. But uh, so I just sent those to him, and I was just like, "This is crazy." I, mean, I didn't even know that you played the guitar, and he was tripping out because yeah, he, he was like stoked to to see that photo because he he didn't even know they existed. That. Oh my god! So that was I think that show was in North Carolina. Um, that was because that was on the the FYA tour with uh, Wild Side, One Step Closer, and Choice to Make. Mm-hmm. And um, the drummer of Wild Side got really sick and had to go home. And they had a sh- I mean they weren't going to drop the rest of the show. So Drew, who plays guitar in Wild Side, and is from Buffalo, that pit basically like played drums at a bunch of bands like he was in malfunction and he, he's in um he he switched he switched to drums but since they only had four people ran and played guitar and sang and i don't know it was cool it was just it was uh it was definitely an awkward set uh to watch but he's got brandon's stage presence is incredible and he's just he just has the perfect personality to be the front person in a band mm-hmm. that i think he made that work as well as anyone as, as well as anyone could yeah yeah and i love uh you know brandon on stage so that's why i I would be so curious to see what that's like with him with an instrument and then obviously you know singing along with that so i'm just like man i wonder how he would uh, you know uh you know be on stage in that environment yeah it was i don't know he he, i i i'm sure he would probably tell you that it was not one of his favorite sets ever but i loved it i thought i thought it was great to see because you know you don't expect that and they weren't sure what they were gonna do before i think um the idea was floated to have Tommy, who plays drums at One Step Closer, play the play drums for Wildside, so that that way they didn't have to do that. But it ended up just being him going that way. Damn, I, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna have to look through those pictures after we're, after we're done on here. I'm gonna I want to see the rest of the the photos from that show now. Yeah, no, it, it was great. And then I, I I've been reached out to uh, Nate Prosciutti, the uh, you know sings for Choice to Make because I, I sent him some uh, some photos of of him that I'd never even seen before, and he knew exactly like you know what venue and where it was at. And he was stoked to, to see those as well. And I was just like, dude, this is crazy because um, obviously, like I said before, I, I follow you on Instagram, but I've never really did like a deep dive on your website till today. Mm-hmm. So like, it, it was cool to you know see um, you, these cool pictures that uh, that I didn't even know were out there. Yeah, and I, tr- I try to make it like everything is tagged with the band, venue, uh, date, month, year city and all these different tags so that way Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to look for a show from a specific venue they can find it or like a specific band obviously and it just i don't know makes it a lot easier to to have it archived that way just for just for exactly like for the purposes like what what you're describing and i'm curious i i I saw um you have some prints available on your big cartel but uh is there an option to maybe get a print of uh, a photo that's not on the big cartel yeah, those those prints I just made like um, I think I did like a couple small ones. Like I think I did ten of them. But every once in a while, somebody will message me asking if I can make a print of like a specific photo. 
and I'm, I'm always down to do that. It's just, I feel like it's not something that people are super interested in all the time. Like mm-hmm. it just doesn't, I don't get asked about it a lot, but when I do, I'm always more than willing to, to accommodate somebody. Okay. Hell yeah. That's, that's great news. We'll, we'll, we'll talk off air. Um, <laughs> but uh, damn Spencer, this has been, uh, such a pleasure for me because uh, obviously I'm leading up to this. I, I was just really stoked to finally be able to talk to you just about anything because I like right. said I'm a fan of your photography and <laughs> I, I use you a lot and uh, these promos for the podcast and I'm sure you see it every time because I I I, um, I always do my best to um to, to tag the photographer. I'll do my best to reach out to whoever sends me the photos like yo who took this because I want to give everybody their, their their you know credit because obviously um they worked to to you know take those photos and I never want to discredit anybody so um i, I appreciate you know, you know you uh you know being cool and willing to do the podcast it definitely means a lot to me yeah thanks i, I appreciate the love uh it's been i don't know it's been it's been really cool being on here i've never like i was saying before i've never had a chance to do anything like this and it's always fun to just i don't know have like a, a more long-form discussion with somebody about honestly pretty much anything i don't even care what it, i'll talk i'll talk about pretty much anything hell yeah well before we sign off is there anything else you'd like to say or shout out uh no i mean I nothing nothing I can think of off the top of my head, but I had I had a good time on here with you. All right. Well, seriously, thank you again for doing the podcast. It definitely means a lot to me. Thank you for everybody who tuned in and listened to the podcast. We appreciate it, and we'll be back soon.